so much for trying to get the show over in three hours. Oh, anyway, that was a long night. However, that was getting back to my SummerSlam 2021 review. I will say this, though. The one thing that it was a mixed bag. Some great. Some good. Some flat out boring. And some downright awful. This show was the very definition of a mixed bag. However, the one thing I would say is the stuff that I was interested in delivered. So, in a way, that's the most important thing. So, we'll get in, in, into it. The tag title, the Raw tag title started the show off. Ran uh, RK Bro versus uh, Styles and Omos. And it was pretty good. This was actually a good opener. This was a good match to put in the opening spot. RK Bro are popular. I mean, I can't stand Matt Riddle. He's fucking annoying. However, I will say this. He is good in the ring. That's one thing I would always say. And the match was good, as you'd expect. You've got, and you've got, Orton and Styles on opposite sides, so that's always a good thing as well. So this was an enjoyable match, the crowd were into it, and you get the feel-good moment at the start when RKA Pro win the tag titles and the crowd pop for it. Good way to start off, so there you have it. So, solid start. And then, up next we've got Alexa versus Eva Marie. Right, and I'll say this, the match was fine for what it was. It was an entertaining match for what it was, I had its... Uh, the goofiness was kind of kept to a minimum as well with this, and there was certain bits like Eva Marie slapping Lily, and then yeah, I'm pretty sure Eva Marie actually slapped Alexa with Lily, which I'm pretty sure is a disqualification using a uh, a foreign object to hit somebody with, but whatever. The match was fine for what it is. There was one moment though when Alexa missed the twisted blast and Eva Marie went in the pin for a split second. I actually thought Eva Marie was winning this match, and I'll tell you the truth. I'd rather Eva Marie was the one and the uh, to be the first one to beat Alexa's this Alexa character rather than a four horsewoman. We'll get more onto that later on. However, uh, the match itself was fine. It was only a few minutes and it was okay for what it was a decent enough match. And uh, Alexa wins with the DDT. So there you have it. That's Alexa's first ever singles win at a big pay big four pay per view. She won tag matches, of course, like the tag titles at WrestleMania. Her first SummerSlam, she won. She was part of a winning tag team as well, but that is her first singles win at a big four pay-per-view after five years on the main roster. Overpushed my arse. So, well then, uh, well, um, we'll get on to overpushed later on in the women's division. Oh, believe me, I've got a lot to say about that. But the match was actually fine. I'll say one thing. This match could... I know people say, oh, this should be the pre-show and all this thing, but... And the match itself, it was... It had a it had a dodgy build-up a lot of the time. Let's be real, the build-up was a bit rough. And, yeah, a lot of the time this has been a waste of Alexa's talent in the build, especially for a big SummerSlam. However, it got her on the main show. And that's a good thing. I'm actually... This getting on the main show is testament to Alexa because... And it, and it actually shows... You have, she should always be on the main card because she is a star and she's selling a ton of merch with this gimmick so you've got to put your main stars on the side she, she does not belong on kickoff shows especially at this stage so you know fair play this was the match was fine for what it is and then the whole nothing major happened with Lily or this thing that people say oh maybe somebody will become the live action Lily or maybe Alexa will become Lily nothing happened with that to be honest, uh, it was more about at the end of it, like Dewdrop put on, or Umbop, do 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 do, Umbop, sorry, couldn't resist, uh, put on Eva Marie's 
robe and started walking about and saying, oh, the loser doing it, is he better move? You know this, and you're just like, oh, okay, fine. I will say this, though. I think Eva Marie has improved since she was away. Um, especially with her, her acting. You can actually kind of tell she's done stuff outside of wrestling. Uh, so fair play her. She plays her heel character quite well. She's one of the few people who gets the desired response. She does it well. She lives completely rent three in the neckbeard's head. So good, good for her. I actually don't think she's... She certainly has her place. I think they've kind of wasted They really could have done... This whole thing with him and her and Imbop, or whatever they're calling her, is kind of stupid. It's really a waste of time. But they could have done much more, especially with the first ever vignette when you had her in. They could have really done something with this character. Had her more in backstage segments doing stuff with people like manipulating people and things like that. But, uh, well, whatever. It is what it is. Just glad to see Alexa was on the card. Especially in a, the fact that Alexa can get a match like this on the main card is testament to her. I mean, and it's kind of broke the SummerSlam hoodoo, in a way. Because if you look at it, even if you look at the last few years especially, I mean, got squashed by Ronda Rousey three years ago, which was pretty horrible. Two years ago was on the kickoff show on the night when the last chance of the Trish Stratus match went up in flames. And last year, of course, was a complete and utter fucking debacle. All that build-up to not be on the show at all was just a slap in the face. So at least this time, a little bit has gone... It's gone the opposite way. You had this amazing build-up last year with absolutely no payoff whatsoever. Whereas this year you had a pretty mostly terrible build-up. But at least she got on the main card and got her first singles with a big four-pay-per-view. This was the best we could hope for. Lowered expectations often help, and this was the case here, so I was happy to see her get that then. So, moving on. People were complaining, saying Alexa should be on the pre-show. Well, uh, when you've got the next match, Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the US title. <sighs> Fucking hell, this match was boring as piss. Just a long, drawn-out, work-rate match. Like, I like Sheamus. He's good and everything like that, but Damian Priest is just another one of those guys... He's not going to move the needle in any way, shape or form. He's got no personality whatsoever. See him getting interviewed later on in the night. After, after he, won, he wins the match, whatever, fine. This match could easily have gone on the pre-show and no one would have noticed. Utter boring. Just so dull. Dull and drawn out. And then later on he gets interviewed by that, that Tiffany Haddish or whatever her name is. She calls him later, like, um, oh, I can't remember what it was. She called him the championship, something like the... America, oh, I can't remember what it was she called her, but ah oh, well, it was it was wrong anyway. It was one of those Jeremy Piven Summerfest moments. But eh, whatever. This was boring. If this has been on the pre-show, no one would have noticed. And of course, we also now come to the Mysterios versus the Usos, and this is the same right here. Did we really need two title tag title matches on the same card? No, not really. Like Rey Mysterio is great and everything like that, but this match was dull as well. Didn't pay any attention to it. You already did this on the Money in the Bank pre-show five weeks ago. I didn't see that, but even me, without having seen that, having seen that match five weeks ago, was bored by this. So, whatever. What was the point? And you just had the same result again. And you didn't have any angle. You didn't have like Dominic turning on his dad. The only way that, if you'd have done that after the match or during the match and the cost of the match, whatever, fine, okay. By all means, okay, fair enough, put that on SummerSlam, but nothing happened. So this was a waste of time. This could easily have been pre-show as well. You've also got some god-awful segment with this Rick Boobs, or Boogs, or whatever his fucking name is, 
in the middle of the ring playing guitar and he's and then Shinsuke Nakamura's now Intercontinental Champion came out with his he apparently he got Baron Corbin's crown or something like that dancing a bit like a fucking goof this was insufferably spectacularly unfunny you've got Pat McAfee dancing like a moron on the t- on the table I'm all for fun but WWE cannot do comedy this was goofy bullshit you've got this Rick Boogs who really comes across as obnoxious just doing stupid fucking shouting and all that it's just it comes across as so try hard just really unfunny unfunny beyond belief why was this on the show we i get you might want to have some segments to, to cool down in between things but again why was this shit on <laughs> i don't know and we come next to the smackdown women's title now this is an odd situation it was being advertised as bianca Belair and sasha banks and it was in the the pre-show there the beginning of the show's video package they actually showed the whole video package they were still promoting the match and then right before it it turns out there's an announcement saying Sasha Banks can't compete you're like and there's no explanation as to why so like what like I I don't I didn't want to see this match I wasn't interested but I know a lot of people would be so continuing to promote the match right up to the last minute is pretty shoddy on WWE's part I've got to say there's all sorts of stories as to why the video package well, was awful for this I hadn't seen any of the segments with these two on Smackdown but oh god the little bite-sized snippets were terrible neither of these two can talk worth a shit just fucking awful and then of course they bring out Carmella as if she's going to be the replacement it's a bit of a troll job here you're like oh who the fuck wants to see this apparently they've been having this match constantly on Smackdown as well so they were going to do this on SummerSlam but it was a swear because oh god here comes Becky Cringe so to be fair she got a big pop from the crowd the crowd were happy to see her and she has her fan base and everything like that and again this is the moment when the difference in commentary between GR and Colin McAvee is is astounding because GR knew to shut up as I said in my AEW review GR knew to shut up for a couple of minutes when Punk first came out and let the moment uh, let the moment have its its moment to be soaked in. Whereas here, Michael Cole within seconds is like, Oh my god, he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. It's like, oh shut the fuck up. It sounds so forced. It doesn't sound natural at all. And then of course, oh before this Bianca was did this god awful promo like towards Carmel, she is terrible i'm sorry but she is and then you've got um becky lynch beats up carmella and then she will takes to the bike and then of course the match is on and the match lasts 26 seconds apparently i put my i sort of turned away i never realized becky actually sucker punched uh, belair and did that man's grand man slam or whatever the fuck it's called and she won in 26 seconds now <laughs> the internet's going crazy about this because they're like oh, Bianca Belair, look I don't care that they bury Bianca Belair. She's garbage. She is terrible. Like, big time overrated. However, there is a big problem here. It kind of shows that WWE doesn't know what they're doing. They've put all this time and effort into our Royal Rumble win, night one WrestleMania main event, and then they just do that to her. It's like, they don't really... They'll build you up so far, then take you down. And of course now, now that Becky Cringe is back, she did nothing for that division during her reign of terror. Uh, throughout the whole of 2019 and the early part of 2020 she put nobody over and you can already see this is coming big time i'm just glad she's on smackdown get her the fuck away from alexa because like i was saying 
if she was on Raw, you know she'd be the first person to beat Alexa on this, um, uh, this, uh, with, a, with this character, and she'd completely bury it. So, you know, it is what it is. But some, even people who are happy to see Becky Lynch hated this. This, go, this went over like a fart in church. This was not good. So, what a waste of time. This was god-awful. Seriously bad. Seriously fucking bad. Speaking of seriously fucking bad, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Match was boring. Drew McIntyre just won. What was the fucking point in this? Did anyone care? No. Moving on. We come now to... Yeah, there's also the Raw Women's title triple threat match. Now, the match itself was started out really slow and really boring. However, it got better as it went along. And that's, I'll say one thing, the match itself wasn't bad. And which is fair enough, because these are three characters I don't care about. In fact, I don't give two shits about anyone in this match. However, the match itself was somewhat enjoyable. Unfortunately, when the finish came, it just had that predictable air about it. When Nikki Cross looked like she hurts her knee, and then she gets put in the figure eight, and we all know what's coming. Of course, Nikki taps out, Charlotte wins. <laughs> Rook. Charlotte Flair is the most overpushed wrestler I have ever seen. I don't mind people getting mega pushes if they draw, but Charlotte Flair does not fucking draw. This is beyond a joke now. Her dad's not even with the company, so why are they still continuing with this? I know they're still, Vince and Triple H will still be friends with Rick in real life and everything like that, but this ridiculous thing about her breaking rich title records, no one fucking cares. Honestly, nobody cares. She gets no reaction when she wins. It's like, this is just a complete waste of time. And it's the four horsewomen agenda all over again. Guess what? We're probably going to get Becky and Charlotte Survivor Series at this rate. Oh, wow. We've never seen that before. But, oh, good God. And the, the Nikki Ash thing, like, the character's terrible. It is terrible. It's for children. But And you could hear people booing her as well. I'm, I'm not surprised she's getting booed at house shows. They've done her no favours. Like, since from the get-go, she wins the... When she won the Money in the Bank briefcase, I had no problem with this. Like, last month, I thought to myself, all right, so... She's a superhero, right? She's going to cash it in honourably. You're going to get one of those rare announced cash-ins. That's what should have happened. But a night, one night later, she cashes in on a vulnerable Charlotte Flair after she's been beaten up. That's a heel move. And honestly, that makes her a heel. The other thing about Nikki's character is she's done nothing heroic whatsoever. All she's done is done stuff for her own glory. That's not a hero, that's selfish. Apparently she attached Charlotte with a chair as well from behind her a couple of weeks ago. You're like, what's likeable about this character? It's not, it's deluded. And then she comes out to cutting these god-awful pros. Like, oh, you're believing yourself. It's like, and then people play that, oh, well, you're sexist if you don't like it, but you like the hurricane. It's like, no, shut up. People don't like it because it's crap. I'm sorry, but Nikki Cross is not a good talker. But this whole thing was a gigantic waste of time. What they could have done... Instead is, instead of giving that Charlotte a pointless one night title reign, you could have done Alexa versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. Actually, have these two feud properly for the first time. You've got them on the, on the same brand, so you may as well have them have a proper feud at a major show. Have Alexa win the title, but then Nikki cashes in honourably against Alexa like at Extreme Rules next month or whatever. She actually says, no, I'm going to tell, I'm telling you when I'm going to cash in. 
I'm going to do the heroic and honourable thing, and I'm going to, I'm not going to do a sneak attack or whatever, but then you could have Alexa trying to pull Nikki into the darkness type thing. You could do things like that. That would have, you've actually got a ready-made actual storyline there. Plus, Nikki would look a lot more honourable, cashing in, trying to save her friend from the darkness. You've actually got a proper fucking storyline there. But, no, whatever, let's just piss it away from that. It was a waste of time. Does anyone really care? No. Moving on. Next we came to Edge versus Seth Rollins. And when this actually, before this started, I honestly forgot this match was on the card. But this, this, this show was in desperate need of being saved. And Edge and Seth Rollins really delivered phenomenal. And Edge's entrance, fantastic. You did the brood entrance to begin with. And then it went into his, his, uh, his current, the, 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 the usual entrance song he's got now. Phenomenal. This was an amazing match. It was tremendous. They didn't overuse false finishes or anything like that as well. You had the, a spear and a kick out, but it actually worked. It was one of those false finishes when you think, oh, okay, that's the end. But it's like, oh, my, oh, it's not. So it actually worked. But the finish was really good as well when Seth, when it was at Edge, smacked. Seth was like smacking Seth's face in the canvas and then put the cross face on and made him tap out. That actually tied into the thing that Edge was going off his rocker a little bit and having to go into the darkness. That was a really good finish. It was great storytelling. I'm not a big Seth Rollins fan, mainly because he's shit promos or whatever. But he can deliver some great matches when on form. And this was one of those nights fantastic match absolutely loved it every big SummerSlam needs a match like this I'm like a grudge feud with no titles involved and it was fantastic absolutely brilliant loved this match and anyone who complains about part-timers or edge or whatever being on the company and paying money for edge fuck off edge is absolutely killing it he is putting on classic after classic after classic since he came back. It's it's a miracle what he's done coming back from injury and the fact that he's so good now, like better than ever. Amazing. And of course, the the whole little throwback with the brood was a nice thing to touch as well. Fantastic. Loved this. This save started to save the show. And then after this, he had a god-awful segment with Ms. Morrison and uh, Xavier Woods. This was fucking terrible. Again, why did we need this? This was just, I get it, you sometimes want to put a little cool down thing in between big matches, but this just was not funny. Anyone who, I don't think even five-year-olds would find this funny. If you're a grown adult and you found this funny, hang your head in shame. Just awful. And we come next to Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Really good match. Really enjoyed this. This was entertaining. Had the big fight feel to it as well. Goldberg was great and even like leaving his feet for one of his moves. He was great. The he sold the the knee injury brilliantly. It's a lost art in wrestling now. Most of these wrestlers nowadays don't fucking sell. But Goldberg sold it brilliantly. And it was the the ref stoppage as well with that. And then you had the bit when uh, Gage came in. His son Gage came in at the end and Bobby put the heart locker on him briefly really good this is actually really great storytelling this is probably setting up for a rematch at uh, Saudi Arabia Goldberg usually only does two a year matches a year and he's already done that but he might have re-signed something a bit more especially with Saudi happening again this year so they've definitely left left it open for a rematch and an actual proper storyline this time so there you go this was really good Bobby looked great in, in victory Goldberg looked kind of strong in defeat this time I mean 
He's now lost three matches in a row, and it is kind of stupid if he just waltzes in straight into the title picture. You're going to use him, you could use him for other things, however, who else are you going to, were you going to put against Lashley at this point in time? So, you know, it is what it is, but the match itself, really good, really enjoyed it. And, of course, we come to the main event, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Slow to get going, I will say. But overall, it was a good match. Not as good as the No Mercy 2017 match, but still, it was a good match. It was enjoyable. One big problem I had with this was the constant Cena going for the roll-up thing. It got really tiresome really quickly. And early on in the match, Cena started doing goofy faces as well, and you're just like, ah, oh, this was why this guy irritated me. After seeing the Suicide Squad, I was thinking to myself, why did John Cena often irritate me? Because he was so brilliant and that. And then you see him doing his goofy faces here, it was like, oh yeah, that's why. But <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Uh, but no, nah, the match was really was good. It had, again, a big match feel, at least. Roman wins clean. It was enjoyable. There was one great moment as well. I've sometimes been hard on Roman Reigns for him. I've not really seen what people have been raving about with this new character and things. I guess every time I see him, it seems to be the same old crap. This whole acknowledge me shit is like very tiresome. But he had a great moment when he was like trash talking and talking about how, how he was apologising to Hollywood for beating up Cena. That was a great moment. That was a great heel moment. That was one of those things that's maybe now I'm starting to see if he's been doing stuff like that. Over the past year, I can sort of see why people are now talking him up so much because that was great. I would I would say that. So you know, Roman wins, and then Brock Lesnar comes out at the end. This was awesome. This was a great moment. Uh, of course, they've got the history with Brock and Paul Heyman. I'm guessing they're probably. I don't know if they're going to save this all the way to WrestleMania. Eventually, you've got to get to the Rock, so you kind of hope it's Rock at WrestleMania. So this might be, an, again, a Saudi one. They might do Brock and Roman at Saudi Arabia. I don't think they're going to do Roman and Brock at Extreme Rules. Could be wrong, though. Could be wrong. It's actually quite good that they've got Extreme Rules right after SummerSlam, because they used to sometimes have it after WrestleMania, so actually you could do some stuff with that. Of course, you could do an Edge, Edge and Rollins rematch with a stipulation this time as well, things like that, so that's actually quite good, I'll give them credit for that, but, yep, overall, good match, yep, and the big matches delivered, there was a lot of crap on this show, but it was mainly the stuff I wasn't interested in anyway, so, to be honest, that didn't really bother me, the stuff I was interested in delivered, the, the last three matches, very good, of course, the outstanding Edge Seth Rollins one. I think Goldberg and Lashley exceeded expectations. This has actually set up a proper storyline going forward. So that's good. So, all in all, because I can overlook the shit because the stuff I was interested in actually delivered. It was far too long, this show. Apparently it was meant to be. They wanted to get it done in three hours, but it was four hours. So, whatever. However, glad to see Alexa on the show and she won her match, which was good. And... Overall, the big match is delivered, so I would never sit through this show in its entirety again, because life's too short, we really don't want to, but it was okay, it gets a pass, mainly because the big match is delivered, so there you go. One other thing is, I, in the build-up to Cena and Reigns, I don't know why they had Finn Balor in the mix for this, I mean, what was the point in that? He just muddied the waters a bit. I know you're maybe setting up Finn Balor for the next Roman Reigns challenge, or maybe they do that at Extreme Rules, but what was the point in putting Finn Balor in the mix when he wasn't going to be on the SummerSlam show, and, then, and we all knew it was going to be Cena and Reigns anyway? That was pointless, I don't know, but there you have it. 
So, there's my review of SummerSlam 2021. So, anyway, thanks. If you've made it this far, thanks ever so much for listening. And goodbye.